Welcome to House of Whimsical Terror. I'm Esther. I'm Mary. And we're coming to you from Tucson, Arizona. And we're telling real stories of the fantastical. All of our stories are true or told to us as true. Occasionally we alter the names to protect privacy. And places for the same reason. Yeah. And today's story is... Court Street Cemetery. Yes, it is. And I love these stories. There will be a lot of historical background, which I really love. Me too. And today I was driving in the area of the cemetery, and I remembered, and I begged Mary to tell the stories about this. So you are all in for a treat. Yeah. Yeah. So you were driving around Dunbar Spring neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was. And Dunbar Spring, Spring Neighborhood was um, known as, that area was known as Court Street Cemetery. So uh, one of the fanciful facts about Dunbar Spring is also it's the home of the Ninth Avenue house. This is true. <laughs> so some of our, one of our very first, very first podcasts was about the house we lived in on yeah. 9th Avenue. And yeah. it's right there in that small neighborhood. In the heart of that neighborhood, Which yes. explains a lot of things about the mm-hmm. spirits. Who knows what that's built on? True, true. True, true. So, Court Street Cemetery. So, the first large cemetery that was in um, Tucson was, of course, located downtown where the, you know, the Pueblo is begun, right? right. <laughs> downtown. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right around Tool and Stone Avenue. That was the first cemetery. But, of course... The people that were in charge of the city, right, they thought, this land is much too valuable to be a cemetery. <laughs> Let's just move this stuff. Of course they did. Yes, they did. And so they moved it not too far from where it is. it was to the area that it became Court Street Cemetery. And Court Street Cemetery was active from 1875 to 1909. Okay. So, so quite a few years. And there were probably 7,000 to 9,000 people interred there, they think. And, of course, wow, that's Mary. a big gap, seven to 9,000, right? Yeah. But it's because their record-keeping was super bad. Even so, bad. even 7,000. tremendous that's, number of, yeah, of folks. A small area. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and so they believe that there's about thousands of people still at rest. We're here today with the Doberman. The Doberman is drinking loudly, so if you hear that, <laughs> not scary. Welcome but. to the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just like to incorporate real life yeah. and environmental elephant elements into our podcast. This is our life with yeah. our beautiful Doberman. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they believe that there's still thousands of people at rest in that area. And the reason might be because in 1909, they actually closed it. But why did they close it? Because the land was too valuable. So he just had right. a bunch of random dead people there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we can't have that. Nope. So what they did is they ran ads in the newspaper in 19, like 1915. They moved some people and then they were like, hey, come get your people. And they ran ads in the paper. But several families, of course, were unable to move their people because they didn't have the funding to disinter them and then buy a new plot and have them reinterred. Because they had already paid for that. Oh, yes, happened. they had. And um, and this wasn't like, you know, an affluent 
community by any means. Now, what they didn't do is they didn't run ads in Spanish-speaking papers. Oh, no. So a lot of Mexican families didn't even know that probably that this was happening. Oh, no. And um, so anyway, there was a lot of bad bodies that didn't, they just uh, didn't get moved. So what the, you know, folks thought that were running the city is that we'll just build over that. Just leave it all there. Whoever's there is there. And um, he's just bones. Yeah. And then some of, you know, some of these graves didn't have tombstones, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, you know, just we're just going to build on top of this. So about 40 to 50 percent of the bodies were left in place. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Thousands. Thousands. It's thousands. Um, and then they were built over. And ultimately, um, that area became the Dunbar Spring area, which is a very old neighborhood in Tucson with a lot of, there's some Victorian homes in there, like the Ninth Avenue house. Um, and just, you know. Old Adobe homes. Yeah. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. People. And as I like to say, the land holds the stories. Yes, right. you do say that. Yes. And um, so now uh, that that neighborhood is also inhabited by a great many artists, very talented artists from our community. So it's a really it's a really great area to drive through and see just there's there's like art everywhere, including the traffic circles that have mm-hmm. like skulls and crossbones and sugar skulls. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they really honor the heritage of Dia de los Muertos and mm-hmm. the, the community and the history of this of this place. And they've done a really nice job with that. However, um, in 2007, one of the homeowners who happened to live really close to one of our friends yes. was um, looking around his property and there was a, like, I believe there was a sinkhole and then he was probing that with a shovel and um, he uncovered a casket hardware. Casket hardware. Yeah. Uh, so Did he know what it was when he saw it? Uh-huh. Because the people that live there actually know that their homes are built over a cemetery okay. of which they okay. may or may not come into contact with some of the remains. So he called the university and and they came and they excavated. So what was interesting about this burial is they excavated and the first casket that they found was a child's casket. Mm. And um, so this casket had the remains of a child. It had like pieces of clothing shoved into it and things Mm. like that. And below it, there was a gentleman's casket. And for the gentleman's burial, he had he still had like all his stuff in his pockets. He had coins. He had a pocket knife, um, a comb, things like that. And uh, the archaeological team believed that perhaps these folks were buried uh, in a hurry, and perhaps because maybe there was some kind of maybe it was smallpox or some other communicable illness oh. uh, that had occurred. But this is a really atypical burial style, and this is the archaeological group that has been trying to build a database of the, of the remains that they've discovered in the, in those areas um, between like, it's like Speedway and Stone and Second and Main. That's all the area of okay. the Court Street. Which is Cemetery. not a terribly big area, but there's lots of houses yeah, there. Yeah. So they buried them in a hurry because they didn't want to come in contact with diseases that they could die from. Yeah. So they, didn't touch any of their stuff. They buried them with their clothes. Mm-hmm. Is that? That is what is speculated about okay. that particular atypical um, burial from that point. And okay. um, 
this gentleman is an artist, a visual artist. And so what he did is he created an absolutely beautiful altar and tribute to them. Oh, I love that. And so if you walk down, like if you go on a walking tour of Dunbar Spring, you'll come across that. Okay. And it's, you can't miss it. It's, it's lovely. It's beautiful. And it's, it's so meaningful mm-hmm. that he took the time uh, to go ahead and, and put that in place for them, you know. And again, great community, right? Tucson, Tucson's a great community. Yeah, I love is. it here, and I love its history. Um, so about, I think it was like diagonally across from his home, uh, there was another gentleman that was, he was digging a post hole, I believe, for his mailbox, and he hit a skeleton. And then he had to call the university. As you do. Yes, as you do in that neighborhood. He had to call the university and they had to, they had to um, come and excavate that area and record it as well. So, yeah. So, you know, the moral of the story is perhaps if you live in Dunbar Spring, you may not want to be digging. I don't know. <laughs> or, or maybe you do. You do. <laughs> yes. So I love Tucson's history. And this is, you know, one of the most interesting stories that I've come across about the downtown area and, you know, within the Tucson community. And so little of the history of Tucson is left. So much of it has been gentrified and knocked down and rebuilt. And true that um, I do find that these, these spaces, they're, they're sacred in, in more than one way. These are people's lives and people's stories. And, and also it's very spooky. And I love that so much, as you know. So that's the story. That so I have. great. So great. Yeah. So you had a friend who had, uh, I guess, had some weird things happen in her house around in in that same neighborhood. Uh, things, you know, moving, chairs rocking, that sort of thing. Um, not a real story, but just, you know, just different incidents. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, so this, well, it explains a lot. Doesn't yes, it, it does. It yes, sure it does. does. So now our listeners that live in Dunbar Spring or nearby are all going to be all scared. Yeah. Or maybe so. not. Or maybe, maybe they'll just be maybe like, yay. They yeah. already know. Though. Yeah, that's so, true. Because right? they're true. living there. So, yeah, they'll yeah. live in there now. Yeah, I'm like, well, you can't miss it because you yeah. drive down the street and there's a traffic circle with skulls on it. Right, right. It's got to right. mean something, right? Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah. Mary, thank you for that. Story. Yeah, it's the spooky history lesson. Spooky history lessons about the old Pueblo. <laughs> Tune in at any time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And thank, thank you to our listeners for joining us. And uh and we're so glad that you come back to listen to more stories. Yes, but for are. now, so long, good friends. Until next time when we meet back at the house. <laughs>